Dvarim Dafbeis Amud Aleph, language in its power, Kinu in the Darim. We're starting a new Masechta, and like every new Masechta, it's a little bit like emigration. You're in a new world, there's a new language, there are new constructs, uh, new people that you've got to get to know. It, it's very, very similar to emigration. It's, a, it's good practice if anybody has to emigrate. It's good to finish a few Masechtas and start a few new ones, and you, you, you learn the agility of having to adjust to a new world. And uh, coming out of Ksubasal, it's all in the same seder. It's all the section that deals with matters of Nashim, with matters of relationship. The Nadorim um, is, is a world of its own. Um, and the title of today's shir, Language and Its Power, really is the, is the title for the whole Masechta. If I were to say, what is Nadorim about? I would say it's about language and its power. Uh, the power of language to not only express an idea, but the power of language to create an idea. And we learned in the Medrashir on, uh, on Shabbos, Shabbos Parashas Barashas, we learned um, that the Rebbe himself binds himself to the ideas that we create using language. Ta'aleh emet min ha'aretz, as the Ketzei says in the Ptiche to the Ketzei in his introduction, that using the, the power of language and the principles of the Torah, human beings can create ideas and constructs which binds, so to say, the Rebbein Shalom himself, and therefore the whole running of the universe. We can influence the way the universe operates, the whole operating system of the universe. We can direct through the constructs we create by use of language. And, and that's Nadorim. That, that's what we're going to learn in, uh, in Nadorim. As we find our way through many of the halachot and ideas of Nadorim, of oaths themselves, we'll also understand the power of, <coughs> of language. Um, and why is <coughs> Nadorim here exactly? We've just finished Ketuvot. Now we've got, uh, we've got Nazir and Sota, and then we get into Gittin and Kedushin. Why is, why is Nadorim even here? Uh, so it's interesting because the Nadorim, as we said, has, a, has the power to create an idea. In Torah, when you create an idea, it has implications both for our souls, for Hashem, for the universe. So it's very, very powerful. One of the areas where we use words to create a new construct is marriage, is Kiddushin. As Tosfa says in the beginning of Kiddushin, I quoted in the first, in the first source, when you say under the chuppah, the, fa- the same way as you can make hectish, you can take an ordinary object <coughs> and you t- can turn it into an object of kedusha using your mouth, and then there are a whole lot of halachot that apply to that object and a lot of isurim and punishments that can come, all because you've said certain words in, and expressed a certain intent in relationship to that object. The same applies with a woman. When you say hareat mekudeshetli, a whole pile, a whole mesechta of halachot immediately apply to her. And she changes her status from an unmarried woman to a married woman, to a completely different human being. And that's all done with the power of words. So if we want to understand Kiddushin, we have to understand the power of language. Uh, and and Nozir, you can change it, your own status, just to the power of words. You take on the Zirut, and now you're no longer an ordinary person. You're a person with all the halachot of, of Masechta Nozir are applying to you. Why? Because you said a few words. You changed your status. And if you change your status, that affects your relationships. The woman married an ordinary guy, and now you turn into a Nazir. 
And that affects your relationship. A man marries an ordinary girl and now she takes on, she's a vegetarian, she's this, she's that, and she changes her whole state of being using a few words. And we see in the parasha the, the Torah giving the husband the right to annul certain vows at certain times in certain ways because these constructs that you can create with your mouth affect other people. Language is not just an expression of self. Language is... is is the creation of realities that then affect other people around you, and that's what that's what Nadorim is all about. And it starts with the the Chumash in Parshas Matot. If a person makes a neder or a shvua, and we'll learn what the differences are between a neder and a shvua, to create an isur for himself. We can create an isur. Is that, is that, I understand that you can you can legislate. A society can get together and can make laws and introduce certain punishments. But can we make an isur of the Torah that before something was not isur in the Torah? That means we're not creating a human isur. We're creating a divine isur. We're creating a Torahic isur. How can we create an isur? Shem creates isurim. It's all the isurim on the Torah. How can we add to those? There we can. A human being can can add isurim. Lo yachil dvaro. Don't be machil dvaro. We'll see in a moment what that means. Kechola yotzei mi Do whatever came out of your mouth. You're obligated by the Torah. It's not just a moral, a moral obligation or an ethical obligation or even a legal obligation. It's a Torah obligation. Although you weren't obligated to do it two minutes ago, now you're obligated to do it by the Torah because that is the power of words. Says Rashi, lo yechil dvaro, kamo lo yechalil dvaro, lo yased varav chulin. We had this a little while ago. That you can't make your words chulin. Don't make them ordinary. Which implies when you make a neder, there's kedusha involved. Why is there kedusha? If you make a neder, you, you undertake that you're going to be a vegetarian. Why, why is there kedusha involved? We'll, we'll see, but we've already noticed that this idea of the power of words originates with our ability to be makdish something, to give kedusha to something using our mouths. That's what gives the, the mouth the power that it has. Once you can do, you can be maktish, you can set something up, l'shamayim, then there are all sorts of other things you can do as well, but that's really the, the origin of it. So you see from loy chalil dvaro that if you, if you break your vow, that's called chulin, which means your vow has kedusha, because chol and kodesh are two opposites. And Rashi gets that from the Sifri, where the Sifri says two amazing things that show the power of words. Oh, the one thing, asks the Sifri, maybe it means even to be matter or something. What happens if you take a vow that I'm going to eat chazah? The Torah says you mustn't, but the Torah has given me the power. If I have the power to forbid new things on myself, can't I also undo? If I can create an isur, can I not undo an isur? No, the Torah says you can only create isurim, you can't create eterim using the power of your mouth. There are other ways to do that, but you can't do it with the power of your mouth. But what you see, isn't this amazing? You need a limud in the Torah. Without that, I would have thought that the power of the mouth is so great that you could even undo the Yisurim of the Torah. Notice, says the Sifri, you learn from Le'esor Isar. That excludes the possibility when giving us that power would be so powerful that you could even undo Yisurim, says the, says the Sifri. But Le'esor Isar, no, there's a limit to the power. You can't undo Yisurim. Lo yachel dvaro shelo dvarav chulin. Or you see from here, that's the origin of the Rashi. You can't make your words chulin.
Masechta starts with Kol Kinuye in the Dorim, Kinu Dorim. Uh, it starts telling us that there's such a thing as a Kinuye in the Dorim. <coughs> what is a, ki- a Kinuye? What is a Kinuye? You'll see in the Rosh, a Kinuye is like a nickname. So why does the Masechta start with that? What's it trying to tell us? Says the Rosh. The, the, one of the unique elements of, of Gemara and Adorim is we don't have Rashi. The, although there's a Rashi printed, it says Rashi on top. If you look in your Gemara, it's on top, it says Rashi. No other Masechta does it say Rashi on top of Rashi, because you know it's Rashi. It's like a person who says, I'm honest. If you have to tell me you're honest, not so sure. A uh, person tells you, I'm 100% kosher. Uh, not so sure. <laughs> if you have to tell me this is Rashi, I know it's not Rashi. And it isn't Rashi. We're not altogether sure who it is. It's an important region, but it's not Rashi. So we don't have Rashi. Instead of that, we have the Ran, who combines brilliantly the role of Rashi and Tosfos. We've talked a lot about Rashi, the Cheder teacher, and Tosfos, the Rosh Hashiva. And the Ran kind of combines them both brilliantly in Masechta and Adorim in a very unique way. So we have the Ran to accompany us through the Masechta. And on the page, we have the Rosh. We also have some Tosfos. So we, there's a lot on the page on the Adorim, even though we don't have Rashi. Um, and the Rosh on the page says, A kinui is like a nickname, anything which is not the, the essence of the person. You're a person that has a name, that's his essence. All the nicknames, those are, those are nicknames. And the same with Nadarim. Nadarim, Ikar Neder Amur Batorah. A, the essence of neder the essence of remember this because this is this is the, there's a bit of a machlokas already on the first page but remember this principle the essence of a of a neder is to be matpisit that means to attach it to something which is already asur through the mouth so you can't just create the isur. You've got to attach it to something that is already asu through the mouth. What is that? A korban, for example. Or hektish. So something which a human being has made asu using the power of the mouth that the Torah gives us and now extending that power. So a person, let us say, a person says, this piece of meat is asu to me as a korban would be asu. That's a neder. Says the Rosh, that's an ikar neder. So you're extrapolating, you're extending the power of Isu given to us for the purpose of Hektish, as we've said right through the Shir so far, that that's the initiation of the very principle of Nadarim. And I take that principle and that idea and I extend it to a Davar Mutar. That's the Ikar Neder. That's what a Neder is. We learn it from Sukim and so on. What the, Torah, the mission is telling us here, but not every neder is like that. You might just say, I'm not going to eat any meat. This meat is asur for me. Um, that, that's a kinui. That's not an ikar neder. An ikar neder, so it's important to remember conceptually, a neder is an extension from hektesh, from something that has already been made asur with the mouth. But the kinui is an extension of that and doing it in a way which is not, uh, which is not its essence. We have another posuk in Dvorim. Rashi. So there's a mitzvah taseh. Not only have you created a, an isur to now eat that which you have made asur, but you have also created a mitzvah. You've created a mitzvah. That's an unbelievable power that the Torah gives us. You can make a mitzvah. It's not do a mitzvah. Of course we can do mitzvot. But you can create a new mitzvah that isn't anywhere in the Torah, just using your mouth. That's the power of the mouth. 
and says the Rambam, Ben Isu Ben Hektesh, it doesn't matter. You see, there's a mitzvah asay to, to be Mekayim your words. However, the Ritvo says, we're going to use the Ritvo a lot in, in the Dorim. The Ritvo says on the next page that this Motsas Fatecha Tishmov Asita Kashen Adata is talking about one particular category of Neder. The two categories of Neder says the Ritvo is one, Nidre Hekdeshot. That is, you're Makdish something, you're giving something to, show, to, to, to the Rebbein Shalom. Whether you do it as a korban or it's a donation to the Beis Hamikdash, that's the one category of hektish. The other is nidre isur. You forbid something on yourself. You're not giving it to the Beis Hamikdash. You're not doing anything like that. It's it. so, so, for example, you say this will be tzedakah. That's category one. You say I won't eat meat. That's category two. Category one is learned from Pashat Matot. Category two is learned from Pashat Kitetze. Says the Ritvo. Two separate ideas. Now, it's true that even the second idea, you've got to extrapolate from the first. So they are linked ideas. The one is, I'm making a donation to the Beis Hamikdash, now it becomes also. Once I'm, the same as when I say, she becomes forbidden to everybody. When I say, this is Hekdesh to Shamayim, it becomes forbidden to everybody. That's the principle of Nedorim at its core, which leads us to the second type of, of, of Neder, which is, this piece of meat is also, I'm not going to eat this piece of meat. So I've made it also, that says the Ritvo, the way you've got to do that, is to link it to, it's also for me, as if it were Hekdesh. I've got to use that, because that's where the power is given to me, to create Isu, in the, in the midst of, of, of Hekdesh. The run, our run here, uh, also talks about the two categories. So these two categories are going to be important. And the Ritvo and the Baran both say, the first category we don't deal with in Masech and Nadorim. That's all in, in Kodshim. We'll get to much later. Nadorim is all about the second category. However, the Ran says, you don't have to be matpisit. You don't have to attach it to the first category. You can initiate an issue on its own without any pre-attachment or anything. So if you look at the words of the run, he says also, two types of If you use in the first category where you're giving something to Shomayim, you can only give something which belongs to you. And you can assur it on yourself and on everyone. So now that I've taken this this. This apple or this piece of meat or this car or this house, and I give it to the Beis Amikdash, it becomes also for everybody. But it has to be mine to start with. But the second one is Nidri Isu Mamutarim. The second one is something which is Mutar Now I can do it on other people's property as well. I can say, I'm making your house also, but only to me. I can't make it also to anybody else. So those are the two categories of, of Neder, and the Dorim deals with the second category. But, says the run further on, Ikara Neder, Ikara Neder, Unlike the Ritvo, and the Rambam, unlike the Ritvo, let's say, says the run, the Ika neder, the main neder, does not need attachment to the hektish idea. It's an independent idea. 
if you do attach it to a, to a hektish idea, it must be something that, that a human being has made asur. But you don't have to attach it. It's in, an independent idea. So again, the two views, we've got here the Ritva on the run, and there are lots of schools of Rishonim that follow each of those people. The, the Ritva holds, the, there are two categories. The run says there are two categories. <laughs> the categories are clear. The difference is the Ritva says the second category of making something that is mutar, asur, is essentially by expanding the principle of hektish. The run holds, it's an independent idea. You can make something that is mutar asur. Uh, you, don't have, you don't have to link it to hektish. It is its own idea. It's your own power that the Torah gives you. So as we get into this besechta and in, engage our minds in it, we will automatically, even without trying, we'll automatically start to deepen our appreciation, our awe our wonderment at the power of speech, what speech can do, what speech can create, the ideas that speech can create, the damage speech can do, the kedusha speech can bring into the world. It's the power of speech. There is no other religion or science or practice that gives such power to speech as the Rebbeinu gives to speech through the Torah, particularly in the area of Nedarim and Hechdeshot. Mm-hmm.